Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and I am delighted to be united with today's guest, and you're going to love her too. She's a mother of two, wife of one. She's a recovering <laughs> actor whose big screen credits include Maid of Honor, The Rocker, and my favorite, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Road Chip. And on TV, you may have seen her in Happy Endings, Undateable, and Bull. To top it all off, she celebrates and commiserates with world-class experts, best-selling authors, and listeners around the world on the very popular Atomic Moms podcast, where she shares the sweet and messy journey of her growing family and hosts complex discussions about everything mom-related that you can think of. Ellie Noss, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Berlin, you should have written my bio. <laughs> I, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to transcribe that, and I'm going to slap that up on iTunes. Thank I love you. it. You're welcome. Anytime. I, I do bio services. <laughs> if I really wrote your bio, it would go on much longer. But we're low-budget production. That's all we have time for. Because <laughs> I'm so accomplished. <laughs> I mean, you really are. You're, you're unique and interesting. I... Oh. Um, I love talking to you on the rare chances that I get. I'm always devastated when you give birth because then I don't get to hang out with you anymore. That's so true. And I'm I so sorry. Maybe Thank I should you. work on that again. I, she's 10 months old. I just got my period back. So. Oh, really? Well, we have nothing in common. But <laughs> I mean, so far, so far. I just mean it's possible. But I, 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 there's n there are no plans for the near future. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready. You're ready if for me to guys, get pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying if that's what you were waiting for, I'm ready. This second pregnancy was rough. I was on bed rest, and hey, I, don't I don't want to do ahead. it again. Let's not. Oh, let's I not. apologize. Yeah. Plus, if we start working together earlier, you yeah. never know. <laughs> um, I love I, I love talking to you because I think you're real. I think you're hilarious. I think you're refreshingly human, and I want to know how you became that way. So mm. let's go back to the beginning. Where are you from? Where did you come from? Oh, my God. Um I feel like I. This is my opportunity to be on inside the actor studio. Yes, this is your time. <laughs> uh, okay, well, James Lipton, I <laughs> grew up in Houston, Texas. I do have the beard. And I went to a performing and visual arts high school. You don't sound Texas at all. I do. well, my parents were transplants from they. My parents got married in Chicago. My father's from Ohio. My mom was born in New Jersey. Oh, that's a whole lot of accent. Yeah, although they didn't really have accents either. We just sound really white. You do. And so they moved to Houston, I think, within that first year of marriage. Never a good idea, although it does sound like that happens quite often. And um, Moving big city moves right after Yeah, like let's just move away from any support system. All of our family. Yeah. yeah. And uh, That could be double-edged. The marriage didn't go well. Ooh. <laughs> Spoiler okay. alert. Oh, really? But maybe it was my fault. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Is that what they told you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know how they always say we to children, like, it's not your... Oh, yeah. That, that actually would have been really, really awful. Mm. Um no, so they got divorced when I was very young. I grew up in blended families. I'm an only child, but I have six sort of siblings, um, step-siblings step uh, from my mother's second marriage and stepsisters from my mom's marriage now. So they're and, all steps. There's no halves. And then I have halves. Oh, you have halves. I have halves. My little brother, Jack, he came along when I was in third grade, and my sister, Laura, came along when I was, I think, in eighth grade, or I guess I was a freshman Are those from different parents of yours? Yes. the I'm my mother's only child, okay. and my father has the two others. Wow. So you're an only child with a whole bunch of siblings. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So I grew up in Houston, uh, no accent, and 
it was a really great place to grow up, actually. Y'all. Y'all. I say y'all. Yeah, get me drunk. You do? Yeah. Oh, oh my God, yes. Happily get you drunk. Um, okay, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Just saying, we can do another episode. <laughs> this is sober. Yeah, well, we can, uh, yeah. Sober Ellie and, and Texas Ellie. Mm-hmm. And so then I went to college in Western Massachusetts to get as far away as possible from my parents. And um, it was a women's college. And that was a really uh, intense and awesome experience. What did you study? I was a theater major. I think I was one course short of being a double major in English. Oh, really? Um, but I just couldn't go there. The extra mile, the extra. You know, I, I ended up graduating early instead. And also... Oh, you get to show off either way. Yeah, I took this Shakespeare class for the non-English majors, okay. and <laughs> um, and so to be an English major, I was going to have to take it again for English majors, and I was Ooh. like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to graduate early, and I'm going to go to L.A. and be on the WB. Oh, <laughs> aim high. <laughs> I aimed really high, and, uh, and the WB wouldn't have me. <laughs> what are you talking about? How could that be? I don't know. Um, wait a second. You did like theater stuff in high school as well? Yeah. It was great. Acting? It was so... How old were you when you, when you realized mm. you want to be like actish? Middle school. I was, was obsessed it something you with... Saw? I was obsessed with dance okay. through elementary school. Ooh, do you dance? I went so to you dance. School. I did, and I loved it. Really? And I loved musicals, although I can't sing to save my life. Um, hmm. Everybody has their strengths. But that's why I love your work, right? Like your body work, because yeah. that's I got so into that through dance because I realized, like, oh, I'm fully present when I'm dancing. Oh, like I'm out really of cool. my, my head, and I'm I not being a big hard on myself. As well. Yeah. I mean, I only, I think I've danced maybe twice, but I felt big both times. Felt big. <laughs> yeah. I was so in that way, I was a big dancer. You'd be great. You'd be so good at the lifts. We could do the dirty dancing. That's, I think that's the only Swan part. Thing. Yeah, that'd be great. Drunk, dirty dancing. Yeah. I'm in. Count me and in. And if I drop you, I can probably put you back together again. Yeah, there you go. So middle school, I didn't see something. Honestly, I didn't fit in. I didn't like middle school at all. Uh, I was at a, we moved to the suburbs and I didn't know anyone. And it was a K through 12 school where everyone had known each other since oh, kindergarten. And I was just driving into Houston every day to go to dance instead after school. And um, I was a weird theater kid, like on the inside. So when I could do monologues in drama class and be big and weird. Um, the po- so the comfortable. Pop- yeah, the popular girls had to sit there and watch me. Like it's like where I found my power. And then they would get up and they would be so insecure. And I was like, okay, this is <laughs> this cool. Is my There's thing. something here. Yeah. Ah, yeah, very good. I was a drama major. I didn't know that as well. Yeah, you did so many things just to stick it to the popular girls. Yeah, right. That was my thing. Uh, why did I do? It was dramas in my family. My father was the president of the dramatic society in the college I went to, and then my brother was in the dramatic society. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to do this. But I love being somebody else for a little while. Yeah, that's what I like about acting. You create these worlds, and you could just be somebody else. Mm, yep, I really liked the sense of connection with another human being. Like it felt safe to do it. Um, in theater, like we had these pages and then we could connect 
And in real life, I had a harder time with that because I felt insecure. So you're connecting with the other actors, the other characters, connecting with the audience? like looking into someone's eyes and like actually relating to the other person. And also being able to have these big feelings that I was not, um, what the hell I'll say it, like I I do not feel like I was allowed to have growing Mm. up. You could be big and you could be angry. Like you could be, I didn't have to be the the sweet little good girl. Hmm. So that, I've, I really love that. It is therapeutic. Oh, yeah. Did you ever write? Mm-hmm. Because I, I also find writing really therapeutic. You just create these worlds and whatever it you is. want to happen, that just happens until it gets away from you and becomes its own world. Well, yeah, until you start trying to edit it and then it all falls apart. Or somebody else tries to edit it. <laughs> yeah, and then they ruin it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you it. married a writer. I did marry a writer. A writer and an actor, is that like opposites attract or is that? No, I think I w- it was like uh, my version of social climbing. I thought, <laughs> I stupidly thought. <laughs> that if I married a writer, that I would make it. To the WB? Um, and What? To the WB? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> no, that that was like a year after the WB. <laughs> I got engaged when I was 23 and married when I was 24. Oh, wow. So, um, was that young among your people? Oh, my God, yes. People? Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. It was outrageously young. Is it, why, why did you want to get married that young? Was it, I mean... Um... He was just so right. How did you meet? We met at a bar. It was after an acting class. I was wearing a T-shirt and, like, really greasy-faced. It was um, Third Stop, and he was there with two friends from high school. This bar was called Third Stop. It had just recently opened, and it's kind of like a fun pub feeling. Like, it wasn't like a club. And the cool thing is we had our baby girls across the street at Cedars. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a circle. So we've been married 11 years this summer. and uh, Congratulations. He just felt good. He was a little older. Both his sisters had gotten married within a year. He's probably still a little older. He's um, a little older still, (laughs) (laughs) although it seems like like I'm catching up. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, some people have been making comments, and I'm like, it's just because I have two small children. No, maybe he's, like, becoming more youngish. Yeah. He's... He looks good. I'm lucky. Aw, you're both lucky. lucky. Well, yeah, except that the marrying the writer thing, it doesn't work out because writers have zero power. Like, they do not care about you. It's almost, um, it's almost as bad as being an actor, like a, a not working actor. And he's a working writer. Yeah, he's very he, successful. So he just did Rampage with Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne. Dwayne. Uh, the Rock. And... It was really funny because he's supposed to go do the red carpet and like he's just standing there, but like no one knows who he is and no one cares who he is. And, and he like, wrote it. And he wrote it. Like his name's <laughs> on it. Funny. And um nobody cares, but he has to just like wait there for somebody to eventually like ask him who he is. What are you doing basically here? Basically <laughs> trying to like yeah. get him to leave. And then yeah. he says, like, oh, hi, I'm Adam Stekiel. I don't know if I'm supposed to go somewhere. And then they look <laughs> at the list and they're like, Oh yeah, okay. So Susie, you take him. And then he does the red carpet thing. But it's just such a charade. It's great. Aww. He hates all of it. It's really fun. Does he really? But he likes writing. He likes writing. And he really likes um, that he just ordered these ridiculous toys on Amazon for our four-year-old. Aww. She gets to play with this giant crocodile thing that was in the movie. It was like so, such a ridiculous oh, from the movie. movie. <laughs> but that's fun. That is really fun. And fun yeah. for the kids, too. And you like acting. No, I quit acting. You don't like acting. I like acting. You don't acting. need the therapy anymore? 
No, I needed so much therapy from it. Um, Wait a second, but it I know it's weird. It starts therapy. off. You're right. Then what happens? And then you move to LA and you pursue your dream and you get your teeth kicked in. No, I <laughs> every couple of hours. <laughs> um, no, you know it didn't feel good. Going to auditions didn't feel good when I got them. I'm very sensitive to my surroundings, and I did not like going into a room and just feeling the judgment. Have you seen the show Barry on HBO? No. Because that's what it feels like. I have to check it out. Yeah. It's, um, or even La La Land, like the beginning with Emma Stone. Like, oh, yeah. I just had a lot of moments like that where oh, right. I was no, like, this doesn't feel good. And I have a lot of energy and I have a lot of passions and I want to create. I'm not good with downtime. Um, and also with my husband, I felt like Lucille Ball. Like I was always trying to like sneak my way into his stuff. <laughs> like <laughs> it worked sometimes. <laughs> Ellie, what are you doing here? Yeah, hmm. actually, they had to replace me in one thing because I was pregnant when they were doing reshoots. Oh no! Um, and I, the funny thing was, I was supposed to be pregnant in it. It was very confusing, but I was too pregnant. I was like a week before having a baby. I hate being too pregnant. Yeah, don't you? Um. But it sounds like you would you. I, it feels to me like you'd be more of like a like a small theater lover in yeah. terms of acting than uh, a big screen actor. You're saying I should just do regional. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, career aside, what yeah. you what you like. It just sounded like you loved getting into a role and mm. connecting with the other characters and actors and connecting with the audience like that's what i loved about theater yeah and you can't really get that in tv and movies no but you know where we get it right here berlin oh right because you have this um fantastic podcast this is where i get it it's Mm -hmm. it's so much better for me than acting ever was when i listen to your podcast i always close my eyes and picture you having a late night tv show oh really that's what i would want for you for me, for you. Oh, thank you. What I mean, a your podcast compliment. is great, but I, I need more. You need more? But would it be, here's my question for you, since this is going to turn into a consultation, which is basically sure. what I do everything Hold on, let in me life. let start the uh, meter. Okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Oh, God. You're too expensive, but can you crack <laughs> my neck while we're at it? Absolutely. Um, so going from the vulnerable, like, psychological stuff that I love to dig into... But then there's also the like fun, silly, crass stuff, yeah. and I, it's it's a hybrid. And I don't know, like, how could you do that? What do you mean? Late night is all about that. You think so? You have your, I mean, you would do your own your own brand, your own style of it. But you have your your monologue, your your witty observations and take on what's going on in the world. Uh, then you have your interviews, which in your case you can make as serious as as you want to. I think. Oh, thank you. I don't think they have to be. Always funny. What a what a new style where you have your you know your observations and your monologue, serious conversations with people, not the like canned answers and the canned questions that they come right. in in the story that they pre wrote, um, but like real stuff. Like you, Ooh, I love this. Yeah, you getting into them and, and like getting out real stuff and sharing your own real stuff because you're not afraid to do that at all. Um, yeah, I don't know why it really upsets my mother. <laughs> well, I do so far based on what we've talked about. Um, and then also, you know, it, it, that platform lends itself to being able to do some sketch stuff and yeah. crafts, you know. Okay. I'm going to write this in my notebook. All I need to do is go get a late night show. 
I'm on it. That's it. That's all you need. Thank you for coming tonight, by the way. Yeah. Um, I just, I've been meaning to tell you that for a while. (laughs) Thank you. Um, All right. There's a million things I want to talk to you about. Uh, Let's talk about motherhood because that's such Mm. a big part of your life now. Yeah, right. Um, in a, in so many ways, in the fact that you've done it times two, and you do it every day, and um, and also you have this this podcast. Uh, first, I want to find out about your own experiences. Uh, how soon after you went to third stop <laughs> did I get knocked up? <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm, I waited a long time. Hours. Hours. Mm-mm. No, we got married in 2007, and then I we had my first daughter in 2013. Oh, that is, so you waited a long time to have kids deliberately? Deliberately. You thought, I want to be married right away, yeah. but not the next step. Yes. Um, Both of you felt that way? Yeah. No, I mean, he wanted children soon after, I think, but I wasn't ready uh, at all. Because I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> oh, right. You still and had that small thing going on. I still had if that If only thing. then I could have told you about the late night TV I just situation. had that dream. Um, and my fears were that um, I wouldn't – I would lose my identity, mm-hmm. that um, none of my friends had children, so I would lose my community. And – I was afraid that it would be a big stressor on our marriage because I think it probably was for my parents. Mm-hmm. And I wondered about that. All of those things. Oh, and I was just like, I don't know how to feed myself, let alone a child. Like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and I always had this weird thing of like, well, here, it was really great those first years be- because he was a screenwriter. We could go live anywhere. Ah. And so I did make a deal with him. Where I said, okay, I will have your baby if we can go live in New York for three months. New York? It was just like a bucket list thing. Okay. So for three months. For three months. So we did it. And it was so much fun. And then I immediately got pregnant. Wow. You kept up your end of the deal. Yeah. I should have asked for more. <laughs> I should have asked for a brownstone. But yeah. at least I got that. And I'm so mm. glad we did that before we had children because it'd be much harder now. But uh, did you? I mean, but did you yeah. also feel ready before you made that deal? Like something change, mm. or did you think nothing's ever going to change? Or yeah, you know, I was very concerned about becoming a mother. I was afraid of the responsibility. I was afraid of the relationship, and I uh, realized after I had this like crazy medical experience where I had this, um, I had a tumor. So I, I had taken a stand-up comedy class. And at the end, you like perform your stand-up act. And mine was oh all God. about not wanting to have a kid. Hold on a second. Do you have that on video somewhere? Yeah. I want to see okay. that. Yeah. Badly. It was, it was all about not wanting to, to be a mom. <laughs> and Brilliant. then a month later, I get diagnosed with this tumor. And so I have to have this major surgery and I can't walk for what months and months. It's called a giant cell tumor. It's one in a million. And it dissolved a huge chunk of my femur bone. Oh, in your bone. And you, so you had pain? I was you had limping a little bit. Yeah. Limping That's a little bit. That's how you found it? They did an x-ray. Because you had pain? Yeah. In your bone? They, they thought, like, everyone was like, oh, you have a tight IT band. Yeah. Um, no, I had a massive bone dissolving tumor. So you probably had both. I wasn't allowed. Yeah, and a t- exactly. <laughs> I did have both. Then um, the doctor said, you don't get pregnant. Like, you need at least, I think he said, two years 
or maybe it was a year, don't get pregnant. Wait, so they remove the tumor? They remove the tumor. They fill it with bone cement. I did it in Houston. Where do you buy bone cement? Is yeah, that right. on Amazon, Etsy? Where? Yeah, it's like putty. putty. Um, Wood putty. And I was in Houston with both my parents uh, who it, were adorable together. It was like a crate. It was like a Nancy Myers film. Like it was so silly um, because they are such opposites and they both had to t- try to take care of me. And one day my father came up, my mother came home from work. She's a total workaholic. She's like Murphy Brown. She's a big lawyer. And she comes home from work and her ex-husband is laying on the lounge <laughs> chair by the pool with me because I had, you know, I was like recovering and couldn't walk. But he's laying, I think he had his shirt off and she's coming home from work. And it was like her worst nightmare because both their spouses were out of town for some reason. Oh, no. It was so, so, so silly. I see what you did. You weren't getting the roles that you wanted, so yeah. you just created right. your own little drama. I also created my own parent trap. All I had to do was grow a tumor and <laughs> bring my parents together. <laughs> so I waited a year because my condition can be estrogen-linked. So they say don't get pregnant that first year because there's a high recurrence rate oh, for the come tumor. Back. Uh-huh. Yeah, and also I had been pumped full of all this stuff for surgery. So then I couldn't have the child and then um, wanted to do New York and then got pregnant. And it was perfect timing for me because then um, all my friends got pregnant shortly thereafter. And all of my fears, per usual, um, didn't come true. None of them did. It was great. I had something to talk to people about, like their children. Like if if anyone's ever wondering – or feeling like wondering what to say to someone or feeling insecure at a party or something, just ask them about their children. Oh, yeah, People then, light up. Yeah, they you don't talk even have to it. talk again. They're yeah, just, you don't. You can put the attention on the other person. Before you know it, the iPhone's out. Here's all the pictures yeah. from the day they were born. Because it connects us, yeah. right? And if you can be honest, why am I saying you? If When I can be Thanks. honest, like in that mom group, like I did Pump Station when she was a few months old. Oh, like mommy and me? Yeah. yeah. Some of those women are still my closest friends. Really? And we've all had our second kids together. And because when you're in that circle and you're so sleep deprived and your hair is so greasy and stringy and you're all complaining about your partner because you'd rather rage at your partner than your baby. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, there's there, that commiseration, right? Like you, there's nothing like it's it. It's a close bond. Yeah. You don't need to be an actor anymore. You have kids no. now. Well, that's a tricky thing to say, right? Is it? <laughs> yeah. No one should give up on their dreams. I just pivoted into a dream that um, fulfilled me well, because I wasn't getting the auditions. I was, I didn't feel empowered when I was doing it. I felt very insecure. And then I was able to find through the podcast because this was 2014. I don't think Serial had started yet. Podcasts were not very, you know, not like now. And um, I loved listening to them, though. And I knew that I wanted to talk to other moms, but I really wanted to get the experts in the chair. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have the free consultations. And I wanted to (laughs) offer this to the mamas, you know, in Iowa. A bigger audience. Yeah, they they don't don't have access. They don't have access. to. They don't get to – I was going to say something inappropriate, but they don't get to have you, like, you know, snap their neck. Yeah. No, I have no I was going to say massage your butt, but. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. 
No, they don't, but they can always come here. For <laughs> There's a lot of tension. <laughs> you know what? I recently have patients coming from all over the place. We just literally had someone who flew in from Chicago. That's probably the podcast. Maybe. Could I don't be. know. Could have been your podcast when I came on there. Well, that was a delight. Oh, thanks. You was... came over. I was 16 days post-birth. Yeah. And you came over, and we talked, and everybody, oh, my God, Elliot's story of how he met his wife is Aww. the most darling thing I've ever heard. Well, it's it's not, you know, a bar across the street from Cedars, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it'll do. Um, all right, let's take a little break. We're going to take okay. a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back with Ellie Noss and find out all about your pregnancies, your childbirths, and your podcast. Don't go anywhere. I have an incredible offer for you for my friends at Needed. An astounding 95% of women aren't meeting their omega-3 needs. Omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA and EPA, are crucial for both mother and baby. They support brain and eye health, maternal mood, immunity, and much more. But it can be hard to get enough omega-3 from diet alone, especially during pregnancy when many people are averse to eating fish. And if you've ever taken a fish oil pill, you know just how unpleasant that can be. That's why I'm excited to share that my friends at Needed have revolutionized the omega-3 supplement with two different options designed specifically for mamas. An omega-3 powder that blends into smoothies and a pill option that tastes like fresh citrusy bergamot. Both are sustainably sourced from vegan algae, not fish. Both are great options for nausea and sensitive prone mamas. Needed's Omega-3 powder is delivered in liposomes, nature's very cool way of protecting and delivering Omega-3 just like in breast milk. Needed's Omega-3 is clinically proven to be five times better absorbed than fish oil pills. The powder is mild tasting and it pairs great with Needed's prenatal multi-powder and collagen protein powder in a daily smoothie. If powder isn't your thing, Needed's got you covered with those Omega-3 Plus capsules, which have a pleasant citrus flavor. Needed is sharing in awesome pre-order discount just for my listeners buy two get one free on either omega-3 option powder or capsules you can stock up on either one or try them both with this exclusive discount use code three berlin the number three berlin at this is needed.com put three omega-3s in your cart use the code number three berlin at this is needed.com buy two get one free Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. We're continuing our discussion with Atomic Mom, Ellie Noss. All right, let's talk about pregnancy. How was it for you? Oh, the first one was a dream. But don't worry, everyone. The second one was really rough. <laughs> so I get to say that it was a dream because the first one, um, that one was... You were 27? I th yeah. Okay. No, wait. I turned 30 when I gave birth the oh, first time. Oh, so like 29, 30. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to do the math and that of how old I am. I don't think that's legal. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not I, I assume 27. I just assumed you're 27 now. I am. Thank you. I'm Benjamin Button. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on. <laughs> uh, so my first pregnancy was really, you know, the first trimester was terrible. Wait, Same with the second. Before that, how did you find out? Oh, I peed on a stick. 
Oh, did there you was nothing suspect? that exciting. It was our first try. Oh. And um, did I suspect? Yes. I suspected and I took a pregnancy test and it di- came back negative. I went to... Did you feel different? Oh, hi. I drank a ton with my girlfriends. Because of the negative pregnancy <laughs> test? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I took another test like four days later and it was positive. Ooh. And I was like, thank God I got that one last weekend in. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are panicked, but not you. <laughs> no. Uh, she's got to be hardy. <laughs> maybe that's why she's a total party animal now. Really? Okay. Oh, my God. That's the secret. That might have been it. And so first trimester, you know, the typical just sick and exhausted. You're sick in the morning? Sick all day? Mostly afternoon evenings. Hmm. Throw really up sick. Throw up? F- oh, I threw up on the drive to the airport to my grandmother's funeral. Oh. And I... We had to pull over on Highland right so I could flying. throw up Ugh. before flying to go to my Ugh. grandmother's funeral in Chicago. Um, so that there was that. And then the end of the pregnancy was great. I was walking all the time. I got very excited about hypnobirthing. I was listening to your episode with Alicia Tambori. Oh, recently, yeah. Yeah, she was one of our first experts and um what led you there are you like mm-hmm. a sort of a more natural holistic meditative person in I'm general? a total fake hippie really yeah what does that mean <laughs> i don't know i think it means which part is real and which part is fake maybe it's all fake or it's mm. all real maybe, maybe this it's... is what they mean when my husband was like i go why do people say i'm authentic like it's a really kind thing to say to someone he goes he, he's there he goes they're not saying it as a compliment <laughs> No, I think we are. That you just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just who I am. I think I believe in in some of the energy stuff when it comes to myself. Uh, But that's mostly. Like when you found out you had a giant cell cell tumor. tumor. That's scary. I'm great in a crisis. First of all, you want to hear you have like a tiny cell tumor. No, I thought, that's funny. I thought one in a million. God, I knew I was special. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. I, like it's a one in a million tumor. Like I, there was something about it that whole experience. Um, I guess I'm probably really good at protecting myself. So I spend my daily life anxious, or I used to. I've gotten so much better, mm. and actually, preparing for my first labor really helped me in that area. Um, but I f- would feel. Super anxious with everyday stuff. And then, man, give me a trauma and I'm aces. Oh, really? I make all the jokes. I, you know, I'm getting pushed through. Um, I'm on the gurney, like going into surgery. And the nurse says, do you have any questions? And I said, what should I do with my life? (laughs) This is like right before they're hacking my leg open. Right. And putting cement in there. And ripping out a disgusting, gooey, massive, horrible... Yeah. So uh, I do – I thrive in chaos. <laughs> but what was – where were we start? Where did we start well, with just, this? Well, I was asking like how you cope. Oh. Did you use meditation yes. to like cope through that? Afterwards. I went to, on a silent meditation retreat for oh, seven nice. days, so th- which was scary. You. That it's was scary. Yeah. The, med- the, the surgery. Seeker. How about this? I'm a seeker. You're a seeker. I'm a, I, I seek out – Truths and um, ways of, you know, feeling good and uh, learning to accept myself. 
I like that. So I want to be a seeker. The birth stuff was good for that because I wanted to feel empowered. My mother had a very difficult delivery with you. With me, uh, she didn't know her tailbone had was broken or something. <laughs> it's oh, like classic pre- of my previously mother. Previously, before she yeah. gave birth? Oh, and then you re-injured it? Uh, I don't know, but they, she had a very, very long labor, and then I was a C-section delivery. Okay. I could tell right away the first time I met you. What? That, that I was C-section? C-section, yeah. Because my head's so perfect? No, I'm, yes. Because I don't bre- breathe? Why? No, no, no. Not, I, that, uh... not that that would have anything to do with <laughs> breath. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I was just making a joke, but then you, oh. you took it somewhere. See, I'm seeking. <clears throat> you tell me seeking. about myself, Berlin. <laughs> uh, you want to know stuff? I, w- I could make stuff I up. I do. It drives my husband crazy because I'm always. I always want to know the why of something. He's, he's like, not a seeker. He's no. a just uh, let it go. No, he's more of a like. I know everything. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Oh. No, he's much more of a. He'll go more into an existential crisis, and I'm more of a. Let's figure out how we're all connected. Oh, um, but so there, it is an opposites attract sort of situation. Yeah, for sure. And that was so cool with our first birth because Alicia Tamburi would – we took her hypnobirthing class because my OBGYN said, hey, look, if you want to try to have an unmedicated birth, try to get in and take this class. But why did you want unmedicated birth? It's seemingly had, uncommon. I had had – at the time, it, I feel like it was uncommon because at least I didn't have any friends who had done it except for uh, my – one of my best friends from college. No, two of my best friends from college actually had had unmedicated births uh, and they, you know, said it's great. Try. You know, just go for it. Whatever. Um, I, my brother-in-law said there's not a chance in hell uh, uh, that I would be able to. Hmm. With stand the pain, and why I, would your brother-in-law say that? Because his wife, my husband's sister, Sarah, who's amazing, they're both amazing. She was a CrossFit trainer and insanely uh, fit. fit. And he said that after witnessing her in the first uh, parts of labor, that it was so excruciating that there's no way I could do it. And so I was. You know, I am um, driven by anger and competition, and <laughs> I, um, and and I I wanted I just wanted a full experience. That was my, my thing. And listen, I I know that childbirth is so such a sensitive topic. It is deeply personal, and for me, I th- thought. What the hell? Like people uh, bungee jump. They do these other things to feel exhilarated, to feel life at its fullest. I, I want to I try to have this experience and we'll see what happens. And I was not I, – I, after I had that little thing with my brother-in-law, like I, I didn't tell people and I would shrug it off because I didn't want the expectations placed on me because I knew that there was so much out of my control – uh, physically, you know, and f- with my baby, and what does she want? And I and I do really believe that our children come into the world the way that they are meant to. Drunk. Drunk. <laughs> no. What do you mean by drunk? <laughs> no, because you, mean you on... drank right when you found out you were pregnant. Oh, right. But that probably wore off. I thought you were saying something about medicated birth. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. God, Trying? don't go there. Well, I think I think actually when you don't have the pharmaceuticals, then the babies do come out quite 
drunk on your own Potent- yeah on that your makes own sense hormones and, and also i took a lot a lot of drugs afterwards i was high as a kite after they were both born okay wait a second. because so of stitches and everything else uh, how did so your, I had how did your labor start my labor started she, she was two weeks early and it started at around at 7 a.m. on Never September 11th. Get away. What? Oh, hold on one second. Back up for one second. Alicia Timbury would never let you get away with saying two weeks early. Well, she doesn't have a say because <laughs> I was late in taking her class, so I only had two classes with her. Oh, you didn't get through the other two. I was supposed to get through the other two before I gave birth, and instead my baby came two weeks early on September 11th, and... Uh, luckily, I had a doula. That was so silly. It was like it, my water broke. That was the first sign. So I tried to stall as long as possible, but I had group B strep. Oh. So I knew I had to go to the hospital. Um, you know, everyone says that you get hungry, so you should eat before you go. It was lunchtime. You know, we stalled for a while. We ended up at In-N-Out Burger, and I got a <laughs> burger and fries that I ate on the way to the hospital. We have video of us um, at the drive through The... And then I gave birth at nine o'clock at night. How long, how long later is that? Um, you know, we checked in probably around twelve. Noon? So, so yeah, twelve thirty. Oh, so it wasn't so, such you know, a long labor. No, and it was it was cool because I had called my mother that morning when you my water broke. You know, I think broke. your sister-in-law was missing with some In-N-Out burger. There you go, right? Maybe she's, she's too healthy, too fit, <laughs> too fit. <laughs> and well, the ridiculous thing was, we get to. I didn't know that mothers on occasion throw up in labor uh, and I didn't yeah. this time. My second child I threw up three times. Oh. Lovely. And no one in and out. But I got to the hospital and they were gonna check me and I said, please don't check me yet. I wanna wait till my duel is here, but I don't want I know that my water's broken and I don't want to be checked because then I'm on the clock, right? Yeah. And and the nurse was like, Yeah, then you're on the clock. Okay. And I said, but you know what, I really have to go to the bathroom. And she's like, You do? And I was like, Yeah, I have to go number two and she was she like turned white she didn't want to let you go and she goes oh my god um <laughs> I go, well, she goes it, that that could be a sign that you're having the baby mm-hmm. and i was like no i just i had in and out that should be a commercial for it it was so ridiculous and so then i got to do the doula shows up i had the baby you know i was in the bathtub and i was listening to the hypnobirthing thing again and again and again wait so your contractions built up on their own yeah, the wa- well. So then we have to back up. My doula was, sm- you know, smartly said, "Try to get it going," um, and I, in oh. ignorance is bliss because I didn't realize how difficult. I've spoken to midwife since that that can be, a, you know, a challenge. So we were doing construction on our house. I my water breaks. We go for a walk. Then there's like the occasional contraction, just but not really, and. Um, so then I, I, even though there were workers, there were people working on the house downstairs, I took out the vibrator oh. because I was told that that would help. So I had some orgasms and then we went to in and out. <laughs> and <then laughs> I day. had my baby and she was born at nine o'clock sharp. And, uh, you know, it was a very ex- intense experience, but it was a beautiful experience. And so were you having contractions at in and out? That's when it really started to pick up. What did they feel like? Oh, uh, they were painful. And in, in the front? I don't remember. Oh. But they, they feel like period cramps to me. Mm-hmm. So that 
I, and you could see actually in the video, it's like I'm really like Ugh! like you because we were in line for a while in the drive-through, and then I was like, this my, my husband. I'm like, do you want anything? He's like, no, I'm not hungry because he's just panicked. <laughs> like, what is because I'm sure I was stalling. I was c- trying to come up with like any anything else to do than to go have this baby because I think you know there was some fear there. And mm. and so a cool thing though, my mother, I call her in Houston at 7 a.m. Of course she had been in LA for work. She'd just flown back to Houston. I call her and she gets on a plane. She flies back and I got to feel her um, during the labor because I wore an eye mask the entire labor, which I highly recommend to everyone. I don't know mama's Instagram me or something if you have done this because I don't know anyone else who's done it. They Mm -hmm. tell you to bring an eye mask so you can rest or sleep in the hospital. I wore it the whole time like a real freak. And I think that's when the theater background comes into play. Because I was just like, some of the photos that Dula took kind of, it looks sort of like Swedish porn. But I (laughs) felt like a weird black box, like 1960s experimental play. Because when my eyes were closed, I could really feel into my body I wanted to shut out the hospital. I didn't want to see the lights. I didn't want to see the medical equipment. I didn't want to think about my surgeries for my knee tumor. And I was able to really go within. And that was immensely helpful. My second birth, I didn't have time for the eye mask uh, because she was born in four hours. And that was a freight train out of hell. Because it was so fast? It was so fast. I, you know, I saw you when I was on modified bed rest because we wanted. She was sunny side up. Yeah. Um, the 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 reason I was on modified bed rest is I had a I had irritable uterus, <laughs> so I was having these contractions all the time that would make my stomach just really, really, really tight. Um, it didn't feel like labor, which I I didn't realize until I went into labor, labor again. Like, oh, oh no, this was that this feeling. This is labor. But it was a very tight, hard, awful feeling. Um, I went to the hospital and they had tested me for F- – what is it called? Some fluid that is a protein. Yeah. yeah. So my test came back positive for it. Mm-hmm. So they put me on modified That's bed rest. That's rest. Got you. So I thought she was going to come really early. I was freak- you know, totally freaked out for months. And then she came like four days before I was due. Which to you probably seemed late. Yeah. I'd been waiting for months. I mean, I was so happy. <laughs> Listen, so grateful. Yeah. She was eight pounds, six ounces. So healthy. Wait, no, eight pounds, nine ounces? Healthier. She was big. And, and you're it, not. It came out. It was so fast. Did uh, labor start first this time? Yes. It was so weird. Yeah. Because I thought I'd get the heads up with the water <laughs> breaking. No, no heads and up. And no heads up. Instead, um, I woke up and I... Kept, you know, I got some cramps, but I'd been getting cramps for months. Like every day it felt like I was going to have the baby. Uh, but these, I timed them and they were much more regular and, and it, they would come and go. When I had irritable uterus, it was like a constant contraction for like 10 minutes at a time. And I called my doula. It was a, a different doula this time. Her name is Carmen Bourne. Mm. She is unbelievably awesome. And she said, okay, mama, you're having this baby today. Let's, you know, uh, I'm going to meet. She goes, do you have, you have to remind me, do you have any cats? Because she can't come to your house if you have cats. Oh, and I really? was like, because she's allergic. I was like, no, but I had I have group B strep. She's like, 
we're going to meet at the hospital. I'll see you there. And we drove to the hospital. My girlfriend Whitney was at the house with the two kids because the second baby, it's so hard because you got to figure out what you're going to do with the first kid. Yeah, there's a lot of and planning. And you never know when, a lot of, uh, when it's going to happen. Plans. And we're like on an island. We don't have any family here. So Whitney uh, Anderson stepped in and took my other daughter to preschool and then brought her to the hospital that afternoon to meet her baby sister. Wow. Um, but four hours, that I one was excruciating. Uh, just at the very beginning. And oh, then there was, no I, there was the like no time for anything. No burgers. No burgers, nothing. I had some eggs before we left. Um, probably shouldn't have because that's what came up. It came. No, no, yeah, actually. Yeah. So I we got in the tub again. No hypnobirthing. You know, it was. It's interesting. It was a shit show. Were you GBS positive again? Yeah. And they didn't care if you got in the tub. They didn't care about the tub. They cared about the antibiotic. And I wish I had known um, that if you have. Well, I'm not the expert. But what I I was very concerned about getting her that antibiotic mm-hmm. um, because they give it to you a couple times before you deliver. I like to do two doses, four hours apart. Yeah, and so obviously we, so we didn't get to have the second dose. But right. I wish if I could go back in time, I would like pat myself on the shoulder and be like, "It's okay, Ellie. Like she doesn't need the second dose. She can get it after she's born." Mm-hmm. Because I was very concerned. I went into the whole thing so differently. When it goes that quickly, some people don't do it at all. Right. And so she, I, the, I was ready to go home the next day. And my um, pediatrician said, you know what? We were going to keep you guys here one more day because, because we, you know, we're just not going to risk it with the baby. She had had another experience with that. And she's like, it's not worth it. We just want, we'll just check her out. Give it one more day. Yeah. And, which was great to spend the night at the hospital. Actually, that when you have another child at home and you have a husband who snores, if you have earplugs, <laughs> the hospital it was like vacation for me. <laughs> plus, you get that juice cocktail. It's really nice. Yeah. Plus, I w- uh, had painkillers. It was awesome. So that was the second birth. But that I had to pop my own – I had burst my own water for that one. What do you mean? Because I could not deliver – she wasn't going to come out until my water broke. My OBGYN was standing right there. Everyone was ready. And my doula – like she just – it was time to – break the water. And so my doula said, okay, we're going to, my OBGYN said, which was, I thought was really cool. She was like, you know, you, I'm not going to intervene right now if I don't need to, because, because you're doing like, why start Everything's that ripple effect? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stand aside and take your time. And my doula said, okay, we're going to turn over and you're going to bear down. <laughs> She's and you're going to do it four times. <laughs> okay. And the cool thing she did for mamas out there, um, there were a few times, and she's such a mama bear. She would put her hand, I would say to her, I'm really getting in my head right now because I was anxious about not getting the medication to my ch- child that she needed. I was, um, there was a lot of people coming in and out of the room this time. I was in much more of a, a I had more of like a mama bear quality than I did. My first one, I was way more relaxed and sort of like, I'm going to take a back seat to this experience and, you know, whatever happens, it happens. Yeah. Back seat to my own body and and like just give it up and let it, whatever happens, happen. Mm. And this time it felt much more like I was in the trenches. You were trying to control stuff. Yeah. But I kind of feel like I needed to because there were, Nurses coming in wanting me to sign the paperwork and stuff, and they were in my head. I 
I was like, I am going through a contraction right now. (laughs) And there was no time between. Mm -hmm. They just had. Oh, you didn't have breaks? The the breaks were so short. Because you got hit by a train. They didn't have. So the nurses didn't know. And my doula was wonderful in protecting me. Yeah. But they wanted me to fill out this stuff and they would start talking. And I'm very sensitive to sound. And I would just be like, can you shut up? Did you tear with both of them? Yeah. The same? Uh, I think so. Maybe a little less. The second the second time it healed much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but when little Eliza came, and I'm obsessed with Hamilton, <laughs> and like there were two songs that just kept playing on repeat, um, it, it was really, it felt like we had really gone through something huge together. Mm. It was a really... Uh, an incredible experience and so intense. And I, if I got pregnant again, I don't know. Like I can't imagine um, going from zero to 60 even faster because that Friday, like two days before I gave birth, I went to the OBGYN and there were no signs. Are you a definitely not at home birth kind of person? I think next time, we, well, the only concern would be the group B. Hmm. And and I just, it feels good to me uh, to wear my eye mask and you could wear that at home. to be belligerent with the very kind nurses. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, I only say that because, number one, it, who knows? It could be faster or slower, but you don't have to go anywhere. Right. Number two is you like the, it sounds like you like the water yeah. experience. Number three is just on that last one, the chaos of getting there and going through all the procedural things. I agree. Didn't sound hearing it as kind of relaxing, sort True. of, as being able to put on your eye mask and just oh, yeah. sit back, relax, and let your body do its thing. So I, I agree. I hear thought. you. I wish that they could, you know, there are birthing centers, and maybe I would look into that. Um, well, we'll talk. We'll talk. I don't think I'm going to do it again. Yeah, so sad. But we'll talk. I think both my girls came out in very different ways. Um, And God, it feels so good once they're out. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, it it was an an otherworldly experience. I had a wonderful guest on the podcast, um, Britta Bushnell, and she – Have have you spoken to her? Yeah, mythology. Yeah, and she came on and – we spoke about uh, – oh, yeah. No, I listened to her episode with you, actually. Um, we t- we talked about all of that. I'm trying to remember the title of it. I think because I just – when I start thinking about this stuff, my brain goes offline because it's such a primal experience. And what's cool about what Britta says in our conversation is how it's like going into the underworld. And I really feel like – it is a, that motherhood is a transformative experience like that. And it mm-hmm. isn't all cuddles mm-hmm. and burning sage. <laughs> it is um, it is dark and it is brutal and it is beautiful. Um, and it's just a trip. I wonder if you'll come back <laughs> for another episode because we we're just scratch on the surface with you. Oh, on like your to. take on postpartum and motherhood and and raising two and oh, thank you and all the other things. I'm, I mean, I just learned stuff sitting here listening to you. 
You're um, so kind. But I do want to before a good we. Man. Well, thanks. Uh, before we wrap it up, I want to talk a little bit about the Atomic Moms podcast mm. and um, your mission there seems pretty clear. Like you want to, it sounds twofold. Like you want the information yourself, yeah, and Selfish. you want these discussions for yourself, <laughs> but then you also want to make them accessible to people all over who are in the yeah. same boat or similar boats. Mm. Um, do you have like a favorite? couple of topics or episodes or guests that you've had? Yeah. You know, I think going back to the beginning of our conversation, when my mom was in Houston and, you know, gave birth and didn't have any friends or support, um, I think that that's probably a huge reason I do Atomic Moms podcast um, because I know how important that first year is and I know how hard it is. And I've been on the other side of it as the child. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I could go back in time and give my mom these resources. And I, I wish I could have created the community that I've been able to create with our listeners um, for her back then. Because it's a very special time in someone's life. And, you know, that relationship, the bonds that are formed in that first year and a half – carry on throughout our lives. And they're learning a lot about that with attachment theory. And I I think that the episodes I love the most are moms just sharing their experiences like you let me do today. Um, because I, I realize how much information, how much wisdom, you know, the people that are around me have, you know, that you don't have to have a PhD uh, to know something about living <laughs> and loving your kids and how not to go totally insane. Because mm-hmm. I do that on a daily basis. <laughs> I'm totally nuts, as you can tell. Um, not that I can hide it. But I'm also really proud of the episodes we've done on postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. I did a panel a few years ago on that. And, you know, it's important to share our experiences because there are mothers wondering why why they're feeling a certain way or they they might not even know that that's what's going on like my second my second um mothering of an infant experience uh has been much easier on me and we've had a lot of challenges this year uh some that I can't discuss on my own show which sucks but but you can I, discuss them here. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's but it's actually been a much easier experience uh, for me because um, the challenges. Yeah, I had postpartum anxiety with my first, and you know my pregnancy was very a calming experience. It was great, and then I gave birth, and then shortly thereafter, a lot of postpartum anxiety. Really, and just I, the second time. The first time. Oh, the first time. The first time. And so the second time, not so much. And part of that is what I've learned doing the show. Part of it is my community of moms that, you know, it takes some time to build that village your first go around. Your mommy village? Yeah. So the second time, it's already built in. It's great. And you already know what you're going to get pissed off at your husband about. (laughs) Um, But the other thing I'm really proud of is we've been doing some episodes that sort of focus on protecting our children. Oh. And I 
have um, felt really good about the messages coming in about we had Patty Fitzgerald, who's an incredible expert on protecting our children from sexual abuse. She's the person who coined the term tricky people instead of stranger danger. Hmm. And um, God, that's a we did a sort of like a town hall meeting. It was a bunch of parents for that one. And that was, that was, she gave out really, really important information. And then also, you know, I've had Stephanie Small on twice now. She's a trauma expert. She's gone in after school shootings to help families and stuff. And she came on the show to talk about, you know, how to help if you have a kid who's scared to go to school now. There's so many. What do you say to them? And how can you help them? Um, And how do you help yourself? And how do you create resources and touchstones so that your child can feel okay being in the classroom. That's really powerful and so relevant. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but but at least I'm glad you're addressing it. Um, is there somebody on your wish list, like high on your wish list that oh, you want? I already to had away? you on. Oh, I already had you on. You know, the first person to come to mind, and it's so bonkers, is Alec Baldwin. Really? Yeah. He's one of the main reasons I started podcasting. Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin, his podcast. My mother-in-law kept telling me to listen to it. I finally did, and I listened to it all through my pregnancy with Sabrina, walking up and down those hills, just listening to Alec Baldwin. And I was like, God, I would love to do something like this someday. Because the way he would you know, learn about a, whole, a person's whole life, but also like dig into what they were passionate about. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, like an opera singer, like something I never would care about. I was like, God, that's so cool. All of a sudden, you do. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So thanks, Alec. Alec Baldwin, please come on Atomic Moms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great. Where, speaking of which, where can we find you online? Mm. On iTunes, of course. Uh, go to iTunes.com backslash Atomic Moms. If you like us, like us. I say us, so, well... Us as in our village of mothers, right? Uh, Subscribe, please. Yeah, I've been doing this since 2014, and it's independently run. Way before it was cool. Way before it was cool. Um, I host, and I produce, and I do the research, and I edit. You do everything. I was so impressed. I upload it. when I came to you you, for me to be on your show. 16 days after birth. 16 days after birth, you had, you seemingly, maybe you had nothing together, but you seem to have... Everything together. You were calm. You were relaxed. You were glowy. You yeah. you had your whole. You had just set up that studio too, mm-hmm. and it was like it was all set up. And and you do your own. I mean, you do everything. Thank you. It's yeah. it's um it's inspiring. You know, and thanks. and again, and you did it before. It's cool. But now I kind of see that that drive that you have, mm. that drive that you have, like to sort of retroactively go back to your yeah. childhood, right? And there's and, stuff there, and try to help other both adults and children yeah. not not have to do that. You know, it goes back so many. I know you're trying to wrap up. I feel like we're on Howard Stern now. I would also love to have a Howard Stern on Atomic Moms. I have never been compared to Howard Stern. This is the first time. You are similar to Howard Stern in your interview. I okay. Have you listened to his interviews? No. Uh, oh my god. Not lately. High school. They're very thoughtful. <laughs> well, actually. thank you. That's a big compliment. Yeah, you're both very thoughtful gentlemen when it comes to the interview part. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, don't, I won't speak I about the other part about. of his right. show. Um, but I, 
what the hell are we even talking about? I lose the threads. You said Al- um, Howard Stern should come on the Atomic Moms I know, podcast. I but there was something before that. Oh, I don't know. But thank you for the compliment about having it together. I think I get out all my neuroses. I exercise it on the show. And I – oh, I was saying Howard Stern because – um, at the, he always like is about to let a guest leave, and then they end up talking longer. But I will just say that I went back to my my other grandmother also lives in Chicago, and she is in her final days. And I got to go through all this genealogy that we had never talked about, and that I don't think she really cared about her mother, her own mother, my great grandmother, had cared about this stuff, and so she just had a box of it, and I was able to find out through these really old journals and just through like when so-and-so died, I was able to track sort of the maternal lineage. And that was wild because there were a lot of early deaths and a lot of like, you know, and my grandmother got, or my great-grandmother got sent away to live in California with her aunt. So there was some, there's like serious maternal missing links on my mom's side of the family. And that was fascinating to me. And I was like, oh, this is why this is my job. Mm, interesting. It's the transgenerational connection and, the and disconnect. And the, the... I'm, I'm, I'm forging it back together. You're, yeah, you're putting together a solid link. Yeah, for my children. That's so For myself, yeah. Uh, all right. As much as I like to be Howard Stern, we got to go. Sadly. But I, you promised to come back. Cause... Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait. Also, AtomicMoms.com and follow oh. us on social media, on Instagram, at Atomic Moms. Uh, I've been doing Insta stories as of late. Uh, yeah. And you can find us any other, you know, any podcast app. Yeah. I'm going to – I didn't know you were doing Insta stories because I think I told you earlier I post about once a month um, religiously. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to just to follow you more. Oh, thank you. Uh, thanks for being here. And at home, thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Thank if you, you have a topic me. or a guest you want us to have on, just send your suggestions to info at informedpregnancy.com. <laughs>